guys. Welcome back to another episode. Today I am joined with Christine Lee and Christine is a clinical psych PhD student from Boston, not from Boston University, at Boston University. She graduated from the University of San Francisco where she majored in psychology and a fun fact about Christine is that she was actually debating going to UVA for grad school. So she she could have been a who. Almost could've, there. Could have, would have. But I'm so glad that you're getting your PhD at Boston University because that's how we met each other. Mm-hmm. Um, she is doing research um, with Dr. Pincus, who I am technically in the lab. You're but in the lab. Yeah. I've, it's been so great to get to know her over the past few months. Definitely a role model. You're so sweet. And today in this episode, we're going to be talking about how to figure out kind of like the next step of your life and, you know, just move into that aspect of post-grad life. And this is honestly a little bit of a selfish episode because we're also going to be talking about tips for getting into grad school. Um, so <laughs> the second half of the episode is probably going to be a little niche. Um, but I was like, as soon as Christine offered to give tips for grad school, I was like, what? Uh, yes. <laughs> I Dream come true. That. Exactly. I was like, this is absolutely the perfect episode for me. Um, I don't know if anyone else will relate to it, but <laughs> it's also the perfect, perfect episode for me because it's my dream <laughs> to be on a podcast. So thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. I'm so excited. So yeah, we'll start off kind of talking about, I guess, the stage of life that like I'm in currently, and I think a lot of my listeners are in currently, of just feeling unsettled and a little bit anxious about the point of life that Mm -hmm. I'm in now. Because I feel like if I were to write a memoir, this stage of my life would just be titled like unsettled because I just feel very like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like not a feeling that I've ever had before, but I kind of just feel like confused and like anxious about like figuring out what to do next. And so Christina, someone who has been in this stage of life and is now past it and now a grad student getting your PhD, um, I'm so excited to hear what you have to say about this. Um, So the first question I have for you is, did you have a plan for what you wanted to do after you graduated undergrad? And what did you end up doing after you graduated? Oh, good question. Um, Well, I think like Thinking about even just the comment that you said about like feeling unsettled, I think one of the things I've learned over the last however long since it's been since I graduated from college is that like, I don't know if you ever really feel settled Mm -hmm. in this stage, like especially if you are someone who is interested in going to grad school. Mm -hmm. I think as part of like becoming an adult and like really learning these things, you kind of learn that like you just may not feel settled um, in that phase and that it's okay to not feel settled Mm -hmm. because it just means that you are continuously growing and like learning more about yourself and that you're not staying stuck in one kind of area, right? Like because if you feel settled, you're kind of comfortable and, you know, there are pros and cons to feeling comfortable, but in a phase like within your 20s, it's it's a time to like really expand and grow and be like, you know, who you are destined to be. So mm-hmm. anyways, I think it, you know, thinking about the future and thinking about what's next is a natural part and everyone feels anxiety about it. Um, and so, yeah, I think for me after undergrad, I think I felt exactly the same way as you I was feeling lost and also just you know when you are in undergrad and you see your friends you know people are securing jobs and they're like making the big bucks and they're moving across the country whatever it might be um and you know when you're in a degree like psychology you're not making the big bucks right out of undergrad, right? Like you're not racking up anything really, except for maybe debt (laughs) when you are a psych major. So, you know, it's like, it's easy to feel that comparison. And like, Mm -hmm. I was listening to your um, Lost in My 20s kind of um, Mm -hmm. episode. And it's like, it's really like a common experience. People Mm -hmm. who are psych majors, you know, they 
don't always land like, you know, jobs that are like well-paid and Mm -hmm. like really fulfilling because like it's kind of a building block degree where it's like it's leading you to the next thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So for me, like I felt the pressure of like going to grad school because that was kind of the only option that I saw. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like my senior year of undergrad, I went through like back and forth, like, am I applying to grad school right out of undergrad? Like, do I even know if I could work as a psych major? Like what jobs are there? Um, So, you know, I, I really didn't have a plan and that I think was pretty scary. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's something that's like a common experience as you've said in the previous pod. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And I really like the way that you reframed my um, feelings of being unsettled into like acknowledging that this is a period of growth. And I think that's a good way to look at it because like you said, feeling settled and feeling comfortable is nice, but you, I feel like you just like figure out, you learn more about yourself and kind of create your identity more through struggle and Mm -hmm. through going through confusing and challenging times because you're kind of forced to do that. And so that's a good message, I think, to remember for anyone who's kind of in this period of life right now, just to remember that, you know, it's okay that you're not feeling comfortable with where you are in life because you're not supposed to be comfortable right now. You're so supposed to be growing. It's also comforting to know that you didn't really have a plan after undergrad either. And then you still like are at the place where you are now. And so things like worked itself out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also think like, if you do feel unsettled, like, that is really common and it's very valid. And, you know, just because you reframe it as like, this is a time of growth, growth doesn't get rid of that anxiety mm-hmm. necessarily. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, sometimes back when I was like in my early, early twenties, like I would think like, oh my gosh, like I need to have all of these decisions made right now about the rest of my life. Yeah. And when you look at it, like when you're in your early twenties, like that is just such a small chunk of your life. And it's like, why do you need to make all those decisions that early? Right. Like Mm -hmm. if you think about like the average lifespan of a human being, like Mm -hmm. being in your twenties is just a small fraction of that. And so it's sometimes really interesting to think about like, why is it that there's this pressure to have all of these life decisions made in this like initial part of your life yeah it's like it's not realistic right because it's just like I think when you're making decisions in your 20s like they're not always going to carry through till your the end of your life right and so it's like like relieving yourself from the pressure of having to make those decisions right now mm-hmm. obviously you need to make decisions to lead you to where you want to be but they're not always like these final decisions mm-hmm. but it can feel like that because yeah. you know you've only had so much life leading up to this that it every decision feels like a big decision mm-hmm. definitely yeah and I think that's also so important to remember that the decisions you make now don't necessarily determine the rest of your future. Like you really never know what's going to happen. And I feel like I'm always reminded of that whenever I hear about people who are in their like 40s or like 50s, like tell me about their their career path even. Like so many people just switch jobs so many times. So many people like don't even use like the degree that they got in college for the job that they're doing now. And so I think that's always like reassuring to know that no matter like what decisions you make, I feel like you always end up where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And that's like what's in, what's important about it. And there's like no, there shouldn't be this pressure to know exactly what you're going to do. Like have right. a 10 year plan when yeah. you're, when you're 22. Cause again, like what you said, like 22 is still so young. Right. And right. There still is that pressure mm-hmm. and it's, So it's like, it's really up to you to like challenge those thoughts Mm -hmm. when they come up because everyone around you is going to be putting pressure on you. And so, you know, it's hard to manage 
the expectations of everyone else on top of the high expectations you have for yourself, right? That's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so that kind of goes into the next question um, about just like the emotions of being like right out of undergrad. But when you were just graduated, did you ever struggle with feelings of like confusion and almost dread kind of when thinking about your future? All the time. I mean, (laughs) I feel like I still feel dread about my future. So it doesn't really, you know, not really comforting to hear. Um, But, you know, like for me, so a little backstory, when I was in college, I originally went to college to be um, a teacher. Mm -hmm. And I was in like a dual degree program where I was taking master's classes in undergrad Mm -hmm. um, to ultimately get like a master's in teaching. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I think it was maybe because like I'm a first gen college kid. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really know what to major in. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I kind of like thought, oh, well, if I want to be a teacher, then I I knew I kind of wanted to either teach like early elementary school or I wanted to teach high school, mm-hmm. like a oh, really wow. big difference. Um, and I was anything like, okay. but middle school, <laughs> right? Anything but middle school. But then I was like, okay, if I want to be a high school teacher, like I love chemistry, so I was like, I'm going to be a chemistry major, and. Wow and teach chemistry. And I didn't know that you really don't need to be a chemistry major to teach (laughs) high school chemistry, but like me thinking like, oh, wow, this is going to be great. Yeah. Um, Not realizing like people who are chem majors go to like med school or like become chemists or like, you know, bio, bio engineers. I didn't switch to being a psych major until my junior year of college. Oh, wow. And so obviously felt really behind in some ways around like just even switching to the major but then knowing like what I was gonna do with that Mm -hmm. and so my I guess my senior year was when I started getting involved in research because that's what people told me I need like should have experience in Mm -hmm. and I you know graduated with a degree in psychology and then afterwards like there was that like kind of back and forth around, do I apply to grad school? Do I wait? Do I work? Like, and I was getting a lot of conflicting advice from just mentors that I had in undergrad about like, people were saying, oh, you should definitely apply. People were saying you need more experience. Mm -hmm. So in the end, like I wasn't really ready to apply and I really wanted to move home. That was a big, a big factor for me Mm -hmm. after undergrad. So I made the decision to move home and just kind of work for a little bit. Mm -hmm. The thing about that was I was unemployed after undergrad for like seven months. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't find a job and I applied to hundreds of jobs. Like I was constantly applying to jobs and I rarely even got an interview back. Mm. Um, And, you know, I think it was really tough because I was applying to research jobs because I was like, okay, I need more research experience. But like all the jobs that I was seeing were like needs master's degree, needs three years Mm -hmm. of experience um, for an entry level job. And I like didn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. So it was really, really tough for me to find a job. So going back to like your original question around like feeling confused, feeling kind of like not knowing what the next step was, like that was me for seven months. And, um, and, you know, I think it was a really tough time, especially because like, you know, going back to thinking about like comparing yourself to others and like, and feeling stuck, like that was a huge time of just like is this the right thing for me? Because I can, I can't even get like an entry level RA job. Like, yeah. how am I going to get from this to grad school if like no one will take me? Yeah. And so, you know, I think it was really a huge hit to my own confidence. Like I did well in school and like, you know, I had like a lot of successes in some ways, but mm-hmm. like entering the job market as a 22 year old and like not knowing anything about it it was just kind of like this huge 
I don't know, this huge like challenge. Cause I was like, what do I do? Like, yeah. is, is anyone going to help me? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so that was really tough. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I feel like this time is so tough because like what you were just saying, like wondering like if anyone was going to help you, like it's so confusing because I feel mm-hmm. like growing up, obviously I was like, okay, after I graduate high school like I'm gonna go to college and I know that like you don't have to go to college to be successful and stuff but you know like in my mind I was like well I'm gonna go to college and so then after call like when I was in college I was like okay well after this I'm going to get a job Mm -hmm. and then now that I have a job I'm like okay so what do I do next yeah (laughs) right because it's on you what's the next step here yeah because I feel like I can really like this is like the first time in my life where I could really do anything like if I like if I wanted I can I can I can go to grad school or like I can completely change my career and I could try to get a job in like marketing or something or I can try to like move to LA and like make it big with a pod like there's like really like the opportunities I feel like are or like the options are endless maybe Mm -hmm. not the opportunities (laughs) yeah maybe not the opportunities but Maybe the opportunities you can create for yourself, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Yeah. but it's just it just really is confusing. And I feel like for me, I've just been feeling it's kind of weird. I just like feel a lot of dread when Mm -hmm. I think about trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. And I feel like it's a little bit of burnout. I feel like all this pressure to like figure out what I'm going to do next. And then at the same time, it's just like such a big life transition. Mm -hmm. And so like I'm having these feelings of like confusion and stress, like in a new city where like I don't really like know anyone either. So like all of that is just like, ah. Yeah, because it's not simply just next steps for school or for career. It's like next steps for like building a life for yourself. Yeah. And that's like something that I think you don't really think about when you're done with college, you know, it's like, you kind of think, okay, what's my next step of like a job, but mm-hmm. then you get out of college and you realize like you have to build, like, you know, if you're not going back to like a community at home, you know, you have to be building like a life of friends and partners and, mm-hmm. you know, like what you want your life to look like. And yeah. I think that's like a big added pressure on top of the, pressure of finding a job that can get you where you want to go right yeah and I also am curious from you like where do you think the dread comes from like what do you specifically dread in making those decisions is it not knowing if you're making the right decision is it like not knowing you know what what's the next step like what do you think that comes from I think it comes from just worrying that I'm not going to make the right decision and then I'm mm-hmm. going to have to start over. Mm. Um, and I think another thing is this is niche for like grad school, but I like when I just like think about being in grad school, I like right now that's something that I really want to do. But then when I think about it, I just feel like it's going to be if I get into grad school, hopefully fingers crossed if that's what I want to pursue. But if I get into grad school, I'm in and I'm in school, it's going to be weird being in school while like my friends are working mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, it's weird. You know, that's a weird Can thing. Can confirm it's weird. Can confirm it kind of is weird. Um, Yeah, I mean, I had friends who out of undergrad got like really, really high prestigious jobs at mm-hmm. like corporations and banks and were you know starting off making six figures Mm -hmm. and you know like people who like you know just like really young started making a lot of money and Mm -hmm. like I was making like not a lot of money out of undergrad right And like, I still am not making a lot of money. So it's weird to be like later in your 20s and in your early 30s where like you're making like less than like I'm making less than I was making as an RA with a bachelor's degree. And that's the reality of this field and of higher education, which is a really sad reality. Yeah. Um, But it's something that like, 
you're committing to because you're not in it for the money right and like that I think is also really tough because people you know like you don't want to make it about money and make it about like you know how much money you're gonna make and all this stuff and it there is a big factor that you have to consider about money right like if you're constantly living below the poverty line and like have to live off food stamps while you're in in graduate school it's like and that's a reality that a lot of people have to have like to manage Mm -hmm. it's one of those things it's like is it really worth it and that's like a decision you have to make for yourself because for some like that's worth it but for some that's not Mm -hmm. and I think it's it's like a glamorized thing of like going to grad school especially like and this is niche but like for clinical psychology Mm -hmm. it's like you know there's this high prestige it's really hard to get in and so there is this big sense of like accomplishment for going to grad school for this degree but also how much you have to be willing to give up you know for the luxuries of life and Mm -hmm. that can be a really big decision that I don't think people necessarily really think about Mm -hmm. exactly like it really is an investment into your future yeah but also like yeah I think that's definitely something that I have to think about like what like I want to do and if I can get there in different ways I think like just like the idea of like having a PhD is something that I've always like what you said like glamorize and stuff but like yeah obviously before I apply to grad school I, like really need to think about like what I want to do with my life and yeah the different options to get there yeah and um, I think also you know it's like I think in some ways this is like a bigger kind of reflection of our just like society it's like you're always kind of chasing after like the next big thing and whether or not you're in psychology or you're in like marketing or business or whatever it is like you are always chasing for the next kind of big thing the next promotion the next salary boost whatever it is mm-hmm. and so it it makes sense why in psychology like you are chasing these these degrees and these like prestigious things um because that is like what is the assessment of your productivity and your worth in that respect right mm-hmm. and like I think sometimes it's hard to like take a step back to understand for yourself, like, is this even what I want? Like, and I think when you are kind of someone who was probably really high achieving in college and like, you know, academically very successful, like you do kind of adapt this sense of that is kind of your worth is Mm -hmm. academics and productivity and so it makes sense to go into a degree where that is, again, the yeah. the like sum of your worth. And, you know, it's like a natural kind of progression. And I think that's why a lot of people who were psych majors feel the pressure of going into grad school right away is because that's all you've ever known around your sense of self and worth. Mm-hmm. And like it, it's yet another kind of assessment of that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that's why it's super important to take time out of undergrad to like work a little bit because then like you're in this phase where you're kind of like what do I want like what do I do mm-hmm. when I don't have that like structure of people telling me what my worth is because then you get to decide for yourself like this is what my worth is right outside yeah. of these things yeah definitely oh my gosh I have so many thoughts about that first of all I think that's definitely something that I've struggled with out of or just being in like having a job because now I it's like so bad but I like do miss like having academic validation and now that I'm in a job I'm like how do I know if I'm doing well like yeah (laughs) valid (laughs) yeah when you were talking about just always like thinking about the next step and what to do next that kind of just reminded me at the beginning of our conversation about feeling unsettled Mm -hmm. and like when you were saying that I was realizing that probably people in or people in their 30s 40s whatever probably still feel unsettled because I think that like as a society we always are trying to accomplish the next thing and Mm -hmm. you know even when you have a high paying job 
there's a, you can always be making more money or there's yeah. always like other things that you can be doing. And so I think you feel unsettled in your, in your life, in your career path until you, I guess, just find internal validation and you kind of work towards just feeling happy about where you are yeah. in the present because there's always, there's always things that you can be doing there's always like someone who's going to have more money than you. There's always going to be someone who has like more fame than you or like more prestige and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's not it's not a good measure of success or like feelings of settleness to yeah. like compare money or education or any of that stuff because yeah. There's no really there's no really end to that. There's none. I'm sure even like Jeff Bezos feels unsettled because he's probably yeah like, of course how can I expand Amazon of more? course and like power shipping and right <laughs> can I make it thirty minutes yeah <laughs> um, you know it's also one of those things where there are so many facets of your life that you could feel unsettled in right mm-hmm. career your education, family, Mm -hmm. relationships. So it's like, it never ends for any of those things, right? Like, and even if you feel settled in one aspect, there's multiple uh, other aspects, right? That may feel unsettled. And so when you can, like, if you allow yourself to be consumed by all of that, I think it just keeps you stuck, right? And like, I think one of the things, and I think this is a lesson that everyone kind of learns on their own time is just like, how do you stay present, right, in what you have right now mm-hmm. and kind of become a little bit unattached to like that this is going to be forever, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's something even I'm working on in grad school around like feeling like this is forever mm-hmm. and like I'm stuck in this kind of constant grind of doing things and producing things and like I have to remind myself like that this is just really a small small chapter in like a bigger in a bigger story Mm -hmm. and I think it can be really hard to do that when you're just kind of consumed by that feeling of like what's next what's next what's next Mm -hmm. it's like it really keeps you from like feeling accomplished in the present moment right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely so I'm gonna kind of put you on the spot here but like do you have any advice or tips you've picked up along the way to kind of feel to kind of like ground yourself and feel like present and like quote-unquote like settled mm. with where you are at in life now you know I keep thinking of this is something like if anyone out there has ever talked with me about (laughs) this specific topic, I always (laughs) reference this. But when I was like in my early 20s, I read this book that's Mm -hmm. called The Defining Decade Mm -hmm. by Dr. Meg Jay. Mm -hmm. Um, And she is a researcher and this like a psychologist who um literally writes this book about um taking like advice and stories from her clients that she works with in her private practice that are like in, they're called 20 somethings or 30 somethings they're like people who you know obviously like are in their early adulthood And she like writes this book that's basically like advice from 30 to 40 year olds who wish they knew when they were in their 20s. And it's it's a really, really well written book. It's very easy to read and it's not like super researchy, but, you know, she talks about different domains of like work, family, love and all in the context of like early adulthood and like the these are common experiences that people have Mm -hmm. so I read that book and I I feel like I am her like like I'm sponsored by her but I'm not (laughs) because I'm like buy her book and read it um but you know she talks a lot about for work in particular like this kind of feeling of um you're treading water like it she describes it as like this common experience of like you're kind of in the middle of an ocean 
and you're like treading water and you're looking at all the directions that you can swim in in the hopes of like reaching a shore. But it's like paralyzing because you just don't know if you swim in one direction, is it going to take you further away from the shore or is it going to take you closer? Mm -hmm. And I think like when I read that, that was like such, it resonated so much like with me around like that fear of like, if I swim that way, will it get me closer? Right. And so I think one thing that I've really kind of taken away from that is like, honestly, it doesn't matter. You need to just swim towards something, right? Like if you keep treading water, you're just going to get so exhausted that you're probably going to drown in that Mm -hmm. moment. Right. And if you're not doing anything to push yourself into one direction, like you're really going to go nowhere. Right. And so it's about kind of like letting go of the fear that like, it's the wrong decision because either way, I think if you reframe it in a way that's like any decision is going to get you closer to what you want, because if it's the, if it doesn't work out, you've at least learned that that's not what you want. Right. And that's still something that helps you grow as a person is like, even if it feels like a quote unquote failure, like that failure is going to give you more information about what is right for you. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's about that, like that way of thinking, which is just to like detach yourself from these decisions right now that are going like, and feeling like these are your final decisions and you can't change and you can't be different. Um, And like, taking advantage of like where you are right now and the people around you right now Mm -hmm. and the opportunities that come to you because you can always be chasing more but if those things aren't in front of you and like it's going to be so much harder to get there right so it's like Mm -hmm. taking advantage of all these things um Mm -hmm. I think that's been really helpful for me yeah that's so helpful and I love that analogy and I think that just goes back to us just like I feel like us just like as a society we all just have such a fear of failure and like for me personally I think that if I fail my life is over like I'm doomed Mm. I have like like I have such a bad habit of thinking in like all or nothing yeah and so I'm like oh like if I don't get into grad school then I will have nothing I will never have a job I'll have to move back with my parents like it's gonna be over for me Mm -hmm. but when you think about if you talk to any successful person everyone has had so much failure in their life and like no one gets it right on the first try and if we all got it right on the first try then I feel like that life wouldn't be interesting like life isn't meant to be perfect because that would just be like what you were talking about earlier like then we would just kind of be like stagnant Mm -hmm. and like just thinking about movies and tv shows and stuff it's not interesting like if you think about your life as a movie it wouldn't be interesting if everything just worked out for you yeah and that like the first thing you did just clicked and you were successful and all of this stuff like it's interesting and you learn more about yourself and what you really want when you mm-hmm. go through failure because you're like, oh, okay, like what you were talking about earlier, like that didn't work out. So let me try something else. And then mm-hmm. if that doesn't work out, you try something else. And then mm-hmm. every failure brings you closer to really understanding what you want to do with your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I feel like just not taking risks because you're scared of failure is probably less – what's the word? less painful and less hard Mm -hmm. but it's also less interesting yeah and like who wants to like who wants to live just out of fear for their entire life yeah and also it's like if you don't if you don't take the risk there isn't an opportunity for you to see the other side of it working out right Mm -hmm. Because I think that's what like is what keeps people stuck is the fear of failure and the feel uh, fear of not achieving what they want. But if you don't even give yourself the opportunity to try, you can never see like whether or not it will work. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think it's like we think of worst case scenario. That's how we're kind of conditioned in some ways because it protects us from 
anticipate like that anticipation of pain right Mm -hmm. um and I think it's one of the things where we're so afraid and it keeps us you know there's like a protective factor to it Mm -hmm. um but if we can't get ourselves to try then we'll never know and that I feel like is more painful than anything. Mm-hmm. It's like the regret of yeah. not doing something. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always say that regret is worse than rejection yeah. in anything like with school, but also like in relationships and stuff, mm-hmm. like the feelings of like, what if will stick with you for so mm-hmm. long, but like the feelings yep. of rejection, like, like you'll get over it eventually. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So yeah. Thanks for just sharing all of that information about, you know, like your experience with being a post-grad. And so I wanted to get into like the more like your experience with grad school now sure. since again, this podcast is for me and for me only. <laughs> <laughs> is um, this like a mini therapy session as well? Like I kind of, yeah, no, it. It, it really feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> like when you, when you were asking like, Oh, like what is, why do you feel unsettled? I was like, Oh my gosh, are you my therapist right now? <laughs> <laughs> Legally can't be, yeah. but yeah. like, you know, <laughs> Um, okay. So what was your journey to getting into a grad program? Like, what did that look like? (laughs) You know, it it really does relate to everything we're just talking about, which is like taking risks and, and this fear of failure. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, like when I, so eventually ended up getting a job, like after seven months of Mm -hmm. not having a job, Um, and I, you know, went into research, I, um, worked at a hospital for a while doing like more pediatric medicine kind of related research, which wasn't aligned with anything I was interested in other than working with kids. Um, but it was like a stepping stone to getting to somewhere else. And so even though that job I didn't feel like was fulfilling in in like the area that I wanted to be fulfilled in. It was still like a step and it led me to working for a research center, which was really aligned with my, my own personal interests. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a lot of opportunity there. Um, And so that was a really, I think like pivotal point in my own, like kind of just development of, being a like a human being but also Mm -hmm. just like realizing what was the stuff that was interesting to me and like where I wanted to go and like you know I I entered as a research assistant and there were other like research coordinators and people there who were you know like in the process of applying to grad school so it was very much like kind of the expectation of just like everyone ends up going to grad school this is like kind of the the way that you go about doing it Um, And so, you know, when I started at that center, I was like, okay, this is, I think what I want. And um, I ended up applying for grad school, I think, maybe like two years into working there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got rejected from every school. Mm -hmm. I applied to, I think maybe like 11 or 12 schools, Mm -hmm. clinical psych, a mixture of like clinical psych, school psych, developmental psych, got rejected from everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Didn't even get an interview. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, that was like a huge feeling of failure to me because I was, you know, I had done really well in undergrad. I had built a really solid CV. I had publications. I had a lot of presentations and posters. So for me, I was like, what? Um, but you know, I, I also knew the reality of like applying to a clinical psych program. Like, I don't think people really understand how competitive it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more competitive than medical school. Like usually you're applying for one spot and you're one out of two to 500 people for that one spot. Um, and so it's a scary thing. And like, it's, it's really scary to think about because it it isn't really just about how successful you are. It's just also luck and like Mm -hmm. chance. Um, so like for me, when I got rejected from all the schools, I honestly like spiraled a little bit and I was like, what do I do? Like, this is the end. Um, and I did think about like, going in a different direction because I, at the time, like 
when I was in my job, like I was actually making a decent amount of money, surprisingly, um, as a research coordinator at that time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I can make this, this decent amount of money while I have a bachelor's degree, like maybe I don't need to go to grad school. Yeah. Um, and so it was really tough for me though, to not feel like an absolute failure mm-hmm. for not even getting an interview Mm -hmm. Um, and it took me a while to like figure out, is this really what I want? Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's painful to have to like put yourself through that process again. And like also to put yourself in a position of like vulnerability again, right? Like your, your life is kind of like up to these people. And so anyways, like that I think was really tough for me to like decide, okay, is it worth it? to go through it again and to Mm -hmm. continue to go through this um, because I think applying to a program like a clinical psych program, it is also like tough to not take it personally, right? Because you're like, okay, like there are so many other smarter, more, more like intelligent and um, and like hardworking people out there. Like, am I even good enough? Yeah. Um, so I think that was what I, I like really struggled with yeah. for you to reflect on that. <laughs> yeah. So like after, I mean, that say, that seems like such a stressful time because uh, like what you were saying, like obviously, obviously like applying to grad school is a lot of, you have to put, put a lot of like time and energy into that and getting mm-hmm. rejecting, rejected from anything is tough. And yeah. then like having to like really reflect and be like, is this something that I really want to do? And something that mm. I really want to put that time and energy into again, into doing, is that worth it? It's like, or like, should I just stay with what I'm doing now? Cause like what you were saying, like you were making, I mean, enough to live. Yeah. Um, and so how did you figure out that pursuing a PhD is what you really wanted to do? And how did you kind of motivate yourself to go mm-hmm. through that process again? There was a part of me that was disappointed in myself that I didn't, you know, I didn't get an interview. I didn't get, um, I didn't get like a chance, right. To like play the game. Um, but there was also a big part of me that felt like I was disappointing everyone around me Mm. and like specifically at my research center, like everyone was like so confident in me being able to get in because you know obviously when you're working in like a a place like that people are going to ask you questions they know like kind of what you're doing and people like wrote letters of rec for me and you mentored me in the process and so it was really disappointing and I kind of felt like ashamed like to tell people that I didn't even get an interview because I was so worried of what others were going to think about me like thinking like oh wow she she couldn't do that and like there must been have been like a reason why or her application wasn't strong or whatever it might be and so I think like that kept me really stuck because I was so ashamed of myself like and felt like I was disappointing everyone around me that I was like I don't want to do it again like I don't want to have to go through that and explain to people again like I didn't get in and you know people asking like oh how did it go and you're just like it didn't like you know (laughs) um it didn't go and here I am yeah um and so I think like that kept me really stuck and I was kind of like okay I'm not going to do this again like that was really painful and also just like brought up a lot of insecurity in myself like to feel like I wasn't good enough and to feel like I wasn't competitive enough and I think what changed for me was as like I was thinking about my own future and like what I want what I wanted for myself I think I realized that like I wanted to like it all came back to kind of what I wanted to do and like in my goals of like a future career like I really wanted to make an impact like that was kind of where I was where all of this was being driven like I wanted to make an impact I wanted to have like something to help people and like to really be able to say like I could change someone's life and 
I think that really was what pushed me to be like, I don't think I could feel fulfilled in any role that wasn't that, right? And so, you know, I think it's it's like what I wanted, like how that success was going to be measured for myself mm-hmm. was what I had to figure out. And like this degree is what's going to get me there. It's not the end goal though, right? Like mm-hmm. to get into the program feels like the end goal, but it's like, what's going to be like this opportunity of going to grad school, getting this degree, what is that going to lead me to do? Mm-hmm. I think that's what's like really helpful to think about because, you know, like we go back to that conversation around like always chasing for the next thing. It's like when you feel like you have to chase to get into grad school, what people don't tell you is that like, when you get into grad school, you're chasing for the next thing of like getting out of grad school. Mm -hmm. And so you really have to anchor yourself in like, what is it that I want my life work to be around? And grad school is not the end goal, right? Like, so in a long winded way, I think it's just, you know, like, connecting to your goals of like, this is what I want to contribute. And this is what I want you know, my life's work to be Mm -hmm. is to know that like I made some changes and meaningful changes in people's life. Mm -hmm. And, um, and like this degree in particular is a way to do that. And whether it's like through clinical work, whether it's through research, like these are all, or even just teaching in academia, like this is all like in service of that goal. Mm -hmm. And I think that helped me find the motivation and push through like all the shame that I felt because, you know, it, it is part of the process. It's just knowing that it's competitive. A lot of people don't get in, in the first try. Many people have to apply like two or three times. Mm -hmm. Um, And even then it's like, it really isn't guaranteed that you're going to get a spot. So you know, kind of like normalizing that process and like normalizing the fact that like the odds are really not in your favor most Mm. of the time. And so, but also knowing that like, if that doesn't work out, then like there are other ways of getting there. Like you had mentioned before, like there are other routes that you can take to get to your end goal. Mm -hmm. And so kind of orienting yourself around grad school isn't the end goal. It's just Mm -hmm. one step towards the goal, the bigger goal that you have for yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you can think about it like that, you can like let go of that attachment to like, it has to be this way and this way only. Mm -hmm. And I think when you can detach yourself from that, like it opens up so much more for you to like explore. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I love how you, you know, like you didn't say your goal was to be a therapist or be a professor, or be a researcher. It was to make an impact. And I think that really does help like figuring out career choices because when you have the goal of like making an impact, you're not like, okay, the only way I can get there is by doing this. Yeah. Like I can make an impact by doing different things. And thanks for sharing your story about like the process of getting into grad school and like that rejection and stuff, because that's, I feel like that's a very common experience but people don't like to talk about rejection and that obviously because it is like a very painful process and like totally like normal to like feel shame around that because like on a lesser degree I felt like so I when I was applying to college I basically only got into UVA and Mm -hmm. another like Virginia school and I felt like that same feeling of shame because I was like I worked so hard in high school and like I thought I feel like I was like really confident and like I applied to both of the um Ivy Leagues that my parents went to and I was like oh I'm legacy like it'll be fine and when I didn't get into either of them I was like oh that is embarrassing yeah (laughs) and even though it's not embarrassing because like the chances of me getting into Harvard were objectively very slim um but like still like there was that feeling of being like oh my gosh like I'm disappointing everyone around me Mm -hmm. and like a lot of people in my family like went to Ivy Leagues and so UVA is a great school and I loved it there but there was that feeling of shame like oh wow I'm gonna be like one of like the first people in like my extended family to like not go to an Ivy League school it was like a lot but I think that like what you were saying like normalizing second chances and like I'm sure the feeling like what that you had after getting into grad school 
was probably so much better than the feeling like if you had gotten to grad school the first time. Yeah. Because like you got through that roadblock and like you were able to get to like where you wanted to be. It just like makes you really proud. Yeah. It's more satisfying in <laughs> yeah, some ways. So much more satisfying. Yeah. Because, you know, after I I figured out like for myself, like I do want this and this is what I'm willing to work for and willing to like willing to take the time to do the process again and again, if that's what it takes, you know, it's like, it almost fuels you in a different way because you know what it's like to, to like lose that opportunity. And so it's like, this is what I want and I'm going to work just as hard, even harder to get there. Mm -hmm. And I think that it, it comes back to the whole taking risks, right? Going to like, if you don't, if you don't put yourself in the game, like there's no chance for you to win. And I, that was one like big piece of advice that I got from a mentor at my previous, um, previous job. She was telling me like that the thing about taking risks is like, if you're not putting yourself in, you don't get the opportunity to, to learn and to win and to be successful, right? Like you're just preventing yourself from that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so after I decided like, okay, this is what I want. Like it did make me push a lot harder for it. Like, because it was like, okay, I now know like that there is this kind of this goal that I have and like I'm gonna do everything that I can to Mm -hmm. get there and so it was like from there I was like okay if when you don't get in the first time and this is like advice that people give like you really need to make a meaningful change in like your CV or your productivity that kind of enhances it right because what admissions people want to see is like not you submitting the same thing again the next year like they want to see areas of growth right Mm -hmm. of like okay what did you do in that one year then to like enhance your skill set or get on more publications whatever it might be Mm -hmm. and so luckily because I had been at my research center for years like they were so supportive of the fact that I wanted to apply again that they were like we're going to do what it takes to like beef up your CV. We're going to promote you to like a research scientist position. We're going to give you more data to analyze so that you can then like really be a competitive candidate. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that also is so meaningful of like, if you don't take the job, like take the entry level job because you feel like it's not the right choice. Like you never get to see the amount of connection and like meaningful relationships that you can make within that, within that job. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, if I hadn't taken that job because I felt like, Oh, being an RA that makes like $20,000 is beneath me. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't have made those connections Mm -hmm. and had these mentors who like really wanted me to get into grad school. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's about like taking those small steps and knowing that you're also investing, not just like your, you know, career wise, but like in those relationships of like people who can help guide you. Mm -hmm. Um, And like when they, people at my work, like, you know, gave me all these opportunities that opened up so many more doors for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it like, it kind of all works, worked out in itself, which like, if I ever believed in like a higher being or, Mm -hmm. or like fate, or like, you know, the universe um, smiling on me, like (laughs) that was the moment because what ended up happening was I didn't get into grad school, got rejected from everywhere, Mm -hmm. um, decided I was going to apply again. Mm -hmm. My, you know, my work was really supportive of like giving me more opportunities. I then like took on a new role within the center of like a new project, um, being a research coordinator for this um, large scale study that just got funded. Mm-hmm. And that ended up being the study that Donna or Dr. Pinkus, who I work with, that was her research study that she had just pilot, like she had just wow. gotten funding. For. Yeah. And I met her through being a research coordinator for her study. And there was a site in Seattle, um, where I'm originally from. And I, 
met her at the training Mm -hmm. we like you know I coordinated the whole training that she was going to attend and then we ended up going out to dinner Mm -hmm. um after that training um the research teams and like literally over a glass of wine we were talking about how I didn't get into grad school Mm -hmm. um just months before and she was like I'm taking a student you should apply um, to our oh program <laughs> like how was that a scene in a movie like seriously I, I was literally... gonna say that's such a beautiful experience <laughs> yeah and this doesn't happen to me like I feel like I am someone who's like chronically unlucky <laughs> um and so I, I I remember at that dinner I was like I there was another research coordinator I worked with and she also was like in the process of applying to grad school and and Donna looked at both of us like you both should apply I, I might take two students yeah. um and we were we both looked at each other after the dinner we were like on the way home and I was like do you think she was drunk like do, do you think like <laughs> you think she like you think remember, will remember this tomorrow <laughs> and like she was definitely not drunk but I was like is she is she good like oh is my gosh, that, you're like there's no there's way. no way there's yeah. no way um and then I was like ah yeah I don't think maybe she was just saying that to be nice like you know like ah oh, she's just like saying that but like really like she she like reached out to my PI and was like yeah like I really love your research coordinators like please encourage them to apply like to work with me wow and if I hadn't gotten rejected the first time I wouldn't have had this opportunity to work on this project that led to the door opening that led me to end up in grad school. You know what I mean? And so it's like when you can see failures as like just another door opening for you, it really does open up doors if you're allowing yourself to see it that way. Right. Yeah. Um, And I could have at that moment just like completely given up and done something different and who knows, maybe I would have found some other meaning in that, right? But because I didn't allow that to to stop me from reaching what I wanted ultimately, like it really did give me more opportunity and to explore other things, right? Mm-hmm. So like crazy. Yeah. And that's such, that's like 10 times better of a story and a journey than if you were to just be like, yeah, and I got into grad school, like when I applied after right. working for two years. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> I know. That is, oh my gosh, I didn't, I didn't know that that's how you met Dr. Pincus, but that's awesome. I that know. is such a cool story. It's very weird. It's like a very bizarre thing. Um, yeah. And I will say this, like, and, and if this reaches that niche audience of like people who are applying to clinical psych programs. (laughs) Um, One of the main things that I think no one really tells you about the process of like applying to grad school and applying to mentors in particular, Mm -hmm. in some ways it kind of is like blind dating, like it, or like dating on social media. I like make this analogy sometimes Mm -hmm. of like, it really is about like putting your best foot like profile together and like being the most like attractive candidate to these people because they're choosing someone to commit to for a long time. Mm -hmm. They're going to commit their, their work and their, you know, their ability to mentor you, like Mm -hmm. all these things, like they need to know you're going to be a good fit compatibility wise. Right. And so it's like a weird process of like finding that fit um but it's so important and like if you don't have good fit with that mentor like you're signing up for some like ultimately maybe a divorce like you know what I mean like you're you're going into this marriage knowing that like it might end in divorce or you'll be so unhappy um and like I think one of the things that people don't tell you is like it really does matter who you know and like the, the mm-hmm. networking and the connections you make, because mm-hmm. if you can get into a lab where you have a pretty well-connected PI, they're the ones that are going to email other faculty that they know at other programs and speak really highly of you. Mm-hmm. And like one thing that I heard from a faculty I used to work with was like, she would not look at anyone's um, application unless she got an email from some a colleague that she knew like to back them. Damn. And so- you like start to learn that like it is all about who you know and what connections you can make and so like and even for me like it was about the connections because 
like I met Donna through this research study, which she was able to like, you know, I was able to connect with her because my PI obviously knew her. And then also like going back to UVA, like the mentor that I got, I got an offer from, she actually collaborated with people at my research center Mm -hmm. and she had come speak at our center for like a job talk or like a job, you know, kind of like a speaker series. And I met her through that. And like, um, and then because like we were so well connected with her, like that's why I got an interview with her. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, it's like that sometimes it feels like, ugh, you have to do it all on your own. But the reality is like, if you can find people who can really help you, like this is a, this is a field where like people and their connections are really important and meaningful mm-hmm. um, and can be what makes or breaks it for you to get that mm-hmm. opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, that is such good advice. And I feel like that's like the perfect way to end off the episode on that happy note of the story of you meeting Dr. Pincus. And now you're killing it at card. You're such like a, I just feel like you're such a good, a good role model great student great researcher and so it's good to know even if you feel unsettled now from an outside perspective it seems like you got this shit down (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and like I think it could be a whole other episode of like how do you navigate grad school because it's like it's not easy and like I think that's it's just kind of a reflection and maybe a summary of just like you're you can always be chasing for the next thing and still feel unsettled mm-hmm. um because i think most people are chasing for some measure of success but also like for stability too and i think sometimes you recognize that like you you it's not as easy to like reach that like you know there's no kind of like landmark of like this is stability Mm -hmm. at least like when you're early in like your grad school experience because like you're really you really are like looking five steps ahead of like what's next and what you know what you have to do Mm -hmm. to then you know go to internship and then go to postdoc and then apply for your first job and get licensed and all these things right and so I think it's like it's the first step is like getting into grad school and then it's like what happens after because no one really talks about what happens after Mm -hmm. um and how much of like a mental toll it can take on you and I feel like it's with everything just taking things day by day and that's something that I need to like keep reminding myself that instead like I'm not going to accomplish anything by worrying about what's going to happen two years from now and like what's going to happen when I apply to grad school and I more just like need to focus on what I can do today mm-hmm. to help me get there and just like focus on also just focus on being happy in this state of my life because I feel like that's something again like that I've been trying to work on is just recognizing that I'm in such a special point in my life right now where I don't really have any responsibilities Mm -hmm. and I have like a good amount of free time and stuff and I'm young and I'm in a city and I like have like like the world is my oyster and stuff like that and so I know that like there's gonna be in the time in the future where I'm like wow I not like I I wish I could go back to that time but yeah kind of like I need to just like focus where I am now and focus on just like having fun living <laughs> or even I mean, that can be really hard to do <laughs> yeah well and like maybe it's not about being fully happy with where you are because the reality is like a lot of people don't feel very happy you know mm-hmm. and it's like it's and that's okay like mm-hmm. and like what could be really like so much more impactful is to recognize that like this is the time where you get to decide a lot of things for yourself, right? Like you get to decide who you want to be, what you want your community to look like, what you want your relationships to look like. Mm -hmm. And like that in itself is both, you know, exciting and daunting, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also, you know, like this is the time for you to do it. You're 
you're not like married and settled down with kids and a career that really like it's also about like kind of developing your sense of self and Mm -hmm. like developing your own interests and developing you know what you what you find to be like really meaningful for yourself and I think that piece is like what you know is like so exciting about this period of life is like that ability to like really make the life that you want or like you know dream of the life that you've always dreamt of and Mm -hmm. and like actually putting things into action to get there Mm -hmm. um and you know I also think like sometimes if we're just striving for happiness it doesn't always lead us to happiness right like and it's about staying present and finding meaning in like all the things that you're doing as well as like really being a lot like giving yourself the permission to rest and to like slow down and you know it's not to say to slow down forever because you get stuck that way but to just like slow down and allow yourself to like go home after work and like watch tv and go on tiktok like allow yourself that permit like permission to rest Mm -hmm. because it's really rare to have that time but yeah easier said than done (laughs) yeah well thank you so much for coming on christine i really appreciate it so glad that i met you through card and did it for the next few years and really appreciate all all the wisdom that you shared today and definitely did get some comfort in knowing that you know you made it to where you are now and you have such an interesting story from that thanks for having me Um, And if you guys are still listening, thank you so much. And remember.